All right, so my uh, my first ever section hike, I um, I got a little gear obsessive and uh, started buying a lot of stuff that I thought would be really cool to have, and I wanted to see if I could uh, be a Bear Grylls and you know catch a fish if I saw a stream and like, do all this extra stuff. Um, and so I I packed all of that stuff in my pack and. Uh, I didn't bother weighing it before I went the first time. And I remember vividly the first like minute and a half I was on the trail ever on the Appalachian Trail. Uh, I started to have a panic attack, a little mm. anxiety going on and uh, definitely, definitely was freaking out. And so um, regained my composure and was able to keep going. But um, I, uh, I was freaking out there a little bit at the beginning thinking, I'm not going to be able to make it over the next three days, so I would definitely call that a hiking fail. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Trail Connection Podcast. This week we're sharing some some things that just didn't go quite right on the, on the trails or on the camp camping experiences and uh, I got Brad O'Hearn back with me welcome back thanks for having me it's been a little while yeah a little bit so what's new with you man um not a whole lot got a baby now that's a big deal yeah yeah so just living living that dad life yeah but well, today I uh, I tried to incorporate a little bit of the audience. So I've got some uh, I got some stories that I can kind of share, but I wanted to just kind of catch up a little bit. And if you have anything that's kind of burning that you'd like to share, or anything off the top of your head, if you if you want me to dive into these, I can. And they'll, oh they'll no, I mean I've memories. got I've got one and like just a real mini one of camping like fails or strange happenings yeah so i'll start with the the quick one um my mom and my aunt this is when we were living in new jersey right before we moved to north dakota i want to say um but they took us on this vacation and we drove up into new york state where they used to live and uh, went because my grandfather was in the in the service as well and so they used to live in new york state and we did some camping while we were there and the campsite when we got there there was like this clump of caterpillars like on the edge of the table and it was just there it was just like a moving mass of caterpillars they're like whoa we're all pretty small and um, so i mean bug spray lighter you know you burn them <laughs> off and my mom got really mad anyways that night like we set up the we set up the tents and everything and that night um come to find out it wasn't just the table that had all these caterpillars it was like all the trees had caterpillars in them and so at night like they were just falling off the tree and it was like raining caterpillars yeah. and so it was just like just like <laughs> constantly and so we 
like we didn't stay there more than one night we were just like we are out of there um but that was that was really crazy i had never seen anything like that just like just a whole mass of caterpillars just yeah. falling from like we, the trees we had a couple seasons like that down here growing up where it's the they're like the kind of nasty caterpillars that turn into moths mm. um but my, i remember my dad had like one of those rope hammocks that was in the backyard mm -hmm. and we went out there one day and like the whole thing was just like covered in these nasty puke brown like oh uh, yeah you know cocoons and everything and like ruin that that <laughs> hammock but yeah like walking through the yard or you know getting in the cars it's just always just just falling everywhere but uh i can relate that's, yeah. that's kind of gross so let's see here let's see what we got all right so dylan wrote in and said, uh, I went to a Cal State Park back in 2011 with five other guys when when only one person had a smartphone with near zero reception. We stopped by the ranger station to get some info and pay or whatever, and then began the hike to our camping gear, with our camping gear. Three hours into it, we all asked who had the map. Turns out no one grabbed one when we were there. And we had to rely on the guesstimations and what the ranger had verbally and vaguely told us the entire time. Never really found our spot, but we hiked all over for two days and found a road where we flagged the guy with a truck to drop us off at the beginning of the hike. Fail, but fun. So yeah, um, that kind of sounds a little bit like uh, <laughs> our last trip on the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, we weren't as lost, but yeah, we kind of knew where we were at. But flagging people down, that's almost what it came to. Yeah. Yeah, so my, uh, I was asking all types of people for stories. And um, we had a family get-together a couple weeks ago. And um, my, my cousin told me that uh, one time he went camping with this girl he was dating in college. And uh, she was really into camping, but he had only been a few times. Mm -hmm. And... So they went and uh, she forgot the tent poles and it started raining on them. And so like pretty much they just had to use the fly from the top of the tank or the top of the tent and just like wrap it around them to keep dry. Yeah. And uh, that, that would definitely be a fail for yeah. sure. That's kind of an essential piece of the gear. <laughs> Always check for the tent poles. So what was your, uh, what was your other one? So my, my other one was uh, me and my dad were, this is when we were living in North Dakota. My mom and brother decided to go to like Mall of America, some kind of. Oh, you're camping? No, well, no, they went to, they went to Mall of America. Me and my dad were like, well, we're not going to go do that. And so we ended up going the opposite direction. So like Mall of America is to the east in minnesota yeah. and then where we went was west and we went to teddy roosevelt national park and it's a small national park on the western uh edge of of north dakota and relatively small and i mean i don't know if it's unknown but i when we went, there was never very many people there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was just the times of year that we went or if it was just not a very popular park. Anyways, we had a handheld GPS, old school, like black and white, and it was just 
it told you coordinates and kind of gave you like a vague map. It wasn't like Google Maps or anything. It was, it was before all that. So he had bought that when we lived in New Jersey. And we had assumed that it just pulled the time data off of the satellites. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't. It actually you had to actually go in and change it manually to the specific time zone and all that to where you were. Mm -hmm. So we're now in mountain time and that thing's set up for Eastern time. (laughs) So it's two hours behind, or no, ahead, sorry, ahead. And so we're, we're like, okay, we go on this hike and we're just trolling along and just enjoying the scenery and everything. And we look down at the GPS and we're like, man, it's getting late. Like, we need to get back to camp fast before Mm -hmm. it gets dark and we get lost out here. And so we thought, we looked at the map and we saw like, we remembered how long it took us to get out to where we were. Like, well, maybe it'll be faster on the roads. So we start just walking on the roads, and at one point my dad was gonna was just gonna give me the keys because I was a track and cross country runner, and just run to the truck and pick come back and pick him up, and then drive back to the camp. And so, I was like, but we kept putting it off. We're like, well, we'll just keep hiking, we'll just keep walking, we'll keep walking, and eventually we just got back to the truck, and uh, we get into the truck and turn the key, and it was two hours. earlier than we thought (laughs) and so we had like this grand plan to like make these steaks and stuff and so we're like but that whole that whole trip of just like being freaked out turning around early and just rushing back and walking the roads and walking roads is way worse than walking a trail for at least out there because it's like one you don't even get in the scenery and two it's just asphalt it's not there's no like it's nothing good for your knees so yeah it was just a long in your feet and it was just a long haul and it made it way longer like i think we ended up doubling our distance yeah and so anyways i think we get back to camp we make our steaks and we get back we get in bed and then like the next morning we wake up and there's frost on everything we had these one-man tents and the condensation had built up and it's just frost all in the tent and like our, we had cloth sleeping bags or no yeah and so we woke up and uh i think we i think we were going to stay another night and we ended up just going to a hotel and yeah. getting in the hot tub and just enjoying <laughs> life and it's like no so that was our that was like the one main camping fail i can remember that yeah. it was just for just lack of forethought you know yeah. so. it's funny I, you're you're speaking of that GPS reminded me of my experience, me and John's first experience on the Appalachian Trail. So he was using his iPhone kind of as a GPS. I don't know if he had an app on there or whatever, but I had my Fitbit. And so when I first planned the route, I used the, the AT website. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they have the interactive map, but they don't have like the mileages in between, but you can drag you know basically trace the map to like Mm -hmm. build your mileage so i had like a vague idea of what 
each each section was going to be between the gaps or whatever and um i was like you know i got my fitbit i'll be able to kind of track it and just fyi fitbits suck they (laughs) not they're not a good reliable source for uh for tracking distances whatsoever i mean for crying out loud if you can like do this and get your step count to go up then you know if you're swinging your arms while you're hiking a mountain of course it's gonna tell you you've gone a lot further so of course you know poorly planned thinking our first day was going to be like maybe 10 miles 11 miles and we pull up into camp at 13 and a half like (laughs) i don't know if that's really what it was that's what my fitbit said but it was probably pretty close to to 12 miles or so so yeah i um definitely need to invest in a a gps tracker for sure joseph had one that he took with us Mm -hmm. when we went kayaking that i really want to get something like that but uh, I had, I mean, when we went, I had my Fitbit, and I just, I didn't do, I tracked it using the run feature with GPS, mm-hmm. and I felt like it was pretty accurate using the GPS. Like, if you're just using, like, step count on that thing, yeah, I don't think that's it's going to be accurate at all, but, mm-hmm. and that's what ended up happening is, like, we ended up, I think, draining the battery on it, and um, because the GPS function on it, like, really kills the battery, so. Yeah. But. I feel like it was pretty accurate for ours. But you also, I mean, the only reason we knew it was accurate is because the book that we had. Yeah, yeah. So, good segue, quick plug. If you haven't checked out our first mini-cast, go ahead and do that. Uh, Do a quick review and introduction to the Appalachian Trail Thru-Hikers Companion Guide. Really great book. Um, Go check out that short video to get some more details on that product and get yourself one if you don't have one already. All right, so I got a couple more here. Um, so Carson uh, let me know he was hiking with his boys and choosing his own way, <laughs> ended up going horribly wrong. Um, I remember this. It was my brother-in-law. He, uh, we were coming back from a camping trip one time, and we had to hike across this creek. And I was kind of leading the pack, um, but a couple of guys were kind of like walking up side by side with me and. We were all just kind of like trying to get back, and um, I went one way over this log, and he went like 40 feet downstream on another log, and totally like ate it, and fell in the water, um, you know, soaked in up to his knees, and in, in uh, pretty nasty water that stands out there in the swamp. And uh, I'll just go ahead and share this one too. So last episode, the uh, the camping convert episode, when I was taking Warren out there. Um, I was kind of in a little bit of a hurry to get us out there and didn't really, uh, place my footing very well and, uh, stepped on the end of a log that was pretty rotten and it gave way and like all the weight of my pack that was on me kind of sent me down. I actually fell like on my butt, on my back, kind of on my butt and totally soaked everything from the waist down and (laughs) my sleeping bag got Mm -hmm. a little damp, not too bad, um. But uh, that wasn't that wasn't very fun either. I ended up hanging out at uh, around the fire that night in my underwear again, just like in the on the AT. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a trend here. <laughs> should just uh, should just plan on that, yep. I guess. <laughs> do like I did and just wear them some like nylon short shorts, some some uh, quick some dry lederhosen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so my mom and dad shared some stories with me that I I had forgotten about these, but they were pretty funny. Um, 
So we went camping as a family up in Anastasia State Park, which is up near Jacksonville, or actually St. Augustine. And it's kind of close to the beach. And um, so the family went down to the beach for a few hours, and uh, we put the food in the tent until we got back. And, I mean, this was, like, middle of the day. It wasn't really in the evening or anything. Um, but that was a pretty big mistake because the, uh, the squirrels ate a hole in the corner of the tent, and they were sitting in the middle of the tent, like, chowing down when we got there. <laughs> and uh, my my sister's mother-in-law was there, like, her her in-laws were there with us and uh that was their tent (laughs) like that she got in there and was like shooting them out or whatever and uh the squirrels had pooped on their bed and she was like there's poop in here (laughs) (laughs) it was so funny and not for them but it was it was really really funny so um definitely put the food in the car if you're at a koa type place that's uh you got a place to secure it and then another time, um, we were camping. But we, this is whenever I was pretty young. Um, we were um, going to bed, I think. Let's see. What did she say? Yeah, yeah, we were getting ready to go to bed. And so they packed up all the food and the containers and, and uh, put them in the car. Uh, but they left a plastic container with cups and some marshmallows and, like, hot chocolate and stuff out. And uh, so we were laying there, and there was, like, one lantern left on and just heard some stuff moving around and they looked up and like they just saw these shadows moving around which looked like bears mm-hmm. they're like pretty big um but it ended up just being raccoons like the shadow was a little bit bigger um but they uh they got into that uh hot chocolate and had a cup oh, yeah. <laughs> there was hot chocolate and marshmallows all over the campground <laughs> so and i mean they got through the plastic containers too so i mean we were talking about like bear bags or like critter bags and stuff like that when you're on the trails and all that i mean hanging stuff up is ideal um i remember i mean the first time that i had ever had an experience with hanging my food i thought it was good but like the type of bag you want to make sure you got something that's got scent blocker on it too because i just used like a ditty bag um and i had like I'm assuming chipmunks or squirrels like nibbled into some of my uh, my uh, nuts and little fruit bars and stuff like that. So, <laughs> but uh, it's pretty crazy. So, um, and I had uh, one of my cousins, my distant cousins, tell me that uh, her and a friend were camping one time. I think it was out in, um, I think it was in Arizona, is what she said. And um, they had a tent, but the where where they had set up, they had like one of those flash storms that came up, mm. and all this water was just like rushing down, basically just like running under their tent. Because wherever they had set the tent up, it was like really hard surface on the bottom, um, not like mud or anything. It's kind of like rock, so they just felt all that water rushing underneath them, mm. which <clears throat> that's a little. Uh, it's a little unprecedented whenever you're out there and you're in a your tent becomes a waterbed. Yeah, that's not fun. Um, <laughs> let's see here, what else? Um, all right, so I got a couple long ones um, from Ben. Um, Ben's a buddy of mine that I'm planning on bringing on the show at some point. He's got a lot of uh, a lot of different experience, but. Um, 
So this one, he said uh, he hiked in Shenandoah with his friends uh, using shoes that he normally mowed yards with, just old sneakers. And um, they weren't really too bad except the toe box was a little cramped. And on the downhills, obviously, like his toes were kind of digging in the front. Mm. Um, by day two, you could definitely feel you know, the rubbing. Um, I knew it was going to be an issue. Uh, started to get slightly painful. And by day three, it was painful, but uh, he, and he could feel his heartbeat in his big toes, <laughs> which is not good. Um, the repetition caused large blood blisters. Um, some of this is kind of gross. I'm sorry, Ben. I want to share this, but it's it's kind of gross. <laughs> Basically, uh, went on a very long hike and with the wrong wrong hiking shoes, and ended up hurting his toes pretty pretty bad. Um, with that so ended up having to wrap them and, and tape them up a little bit um but uh anyway he said uh quite frankly that was or honestly that wasn't the biggest issue of the trip quite frankly i was out of shape and very sore by that point um we planned to do more miles but instead bailed a night a night and day early uh really our whole, whole group was suffering quite a bit I guess that's what happens when six guys decide they t they're tired of being stuck in their office jobs and therefore decide to try a 50-mile <laughs> hike on some of what a, well, somewhat of a whim. Shortly after the trip, maybe a week later, there was no way, <laughs> no way that the toenails were going to somehow reattach themselves. Gross. <laughs> but yeah, um, 50 miles on a whim is not uh, doesn't always work out that no. well. And let's see here. So, um, I got one more here, and then I got some uh, top fives and top tens mistakes that people will make, and it kind of sums up, I think, what all we've been talking about. So, uh, Ben also said, um, probably the only other fail that is the funniest, um, we set out with two sailboats for a camping trip to Shell Key. Um, my buddy Josh and I were in a, were in a little catamaran in the and made short work of arriving to the island for the night. As the sun set, we became increasingly convinced that the other boat was not going to make it. We weren't worried, just got just confident <laughs> they got lost or stuff in the grass flats, etc. Main problem was this, because there were they were on a small catamaran, small trampoline and no short no no storage. And because the distance to the island was not that significant, literally everything we needed was stored on the larger sailboat. Water, additional clothes, tents, etc. Mm. So everything worked out. I don't want to be too dramatic, but it was, it was in fact cold and windy that night. Being a popular camping destination, there were many other people there that night. Not my proudest moment, but we literally stole firewood from one of the other campsites. The island has none. <laughs> With a lighter that some people had gifted us earlier, we got a small fire going. We threw whatever we could strap together around us that was dry and into the fire, stole additional wood as we became increasingly desperate, and ultimately made it through the night. In true Florida fashion, I remember sailing back to the docks around 11 or noon with the sun bright and temps quickly shooting back up to the 70s. In other words, it, it, took us, it didn't take us long to be laughing and enjoying high spirits once again, especially as we sailed past Ethan's boat, which was indeed stuck in some shallow water all night. 
once again, 10 out of 10 experience would definitely do it again. I'll never forget digging little resting areas that circled the fire that night and scooping hot sand from near the base of the fire to put on top of me to capture just a little bit that was of its fleeting warmth. So yeah, he, he's a storyteller. I can't wait to bring him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't read. Um, <clears throat> but another uh, another one real quick that I thought about. Um, Justin, who was on our camping, our, our campfire cooking episode, was telling me that uh, for a period of time in his teenage years, he was kind of deathly afraid of raccoons. And uh, he said that uh, he was camping with his mom one time, and she took this like hair dryer with her to use as a heater in her sleeping bag. She mm-hmm. would plug it in and like throw it down on the bottom and just like use her toes to kick it on, like heat up <laughs> heat up her feet and then kick it off whenever it got too hot. And he said that she like got up to go to the bathroom or something like that and he was in the tent by himself and he heard all these like noises around the tent and stuff. And kinda like the the story about my parents like saw the shadow which looked a lot bigger and uh he's like all that I had to scare them off was this blow dryer so he like grabbed it and was like (laughs) trying to scare these things off and uh so he said that you know that was that didn't help you know with the with the fear that he had but I thought that was a pretty pretty funny story it's amazing what like a small sound or uh you know just like leaves crunching will do if you're out in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. in pitch black or or by yourself yeah. Um, I would always be so freaked out whenever I would go back in the woods behind my house, even if it was just for a walk in the middle of the day, like if I was by myself, the slightest like twig crack or whatever, and I was like, oh, what was that? <laughs> so when you add camping or uh, anything with pitch black out there, mm-hmm. it just amplifies all that. So, all right. So top five mistakes that through hikers make. Let's see if we fall on this list for sections. Carrying too much weight. Yep, that's me. Check that off. That is the most common mistake through hikers make is to carry too much weight when they start the trail. And that's also why if you do large sections or if you're also doing a through hike, you see a lot of gear in like uh, the campsites because people are bailing weight like crazy. Hmm. Um, hiking too far and too fast too soon. So that I can definitely relate to that one. My very first time ever on the Appalachian Trail. Um, definitely did too much on the first day, and it ruined the rest of the trip for mm. us because we were dying yeah. the second day. Uh, overestimating gear. So, yeah, done that. Thinking something is going to be used that I don't end up using or thinking it's going to work better than it does. So definitely can relate to that. Finding the right footwear. I um, <clears throat> I've lucked out, man. Like yeah. with my boots, I'm I've been really happy that I, I mean, really the only issue I guess that I had um, was just breaking them in. I didn't break them in enough before I went the first time, but since they're they've been broken, they're pretty good. Yeah, I was worried about mine with the Appalachian Trail just because they're more designed for out west, like hard rock kind of stuff. So I was like, man, I don't know if these are going to work well in in a softer kind of um, dirt and, like, pebble kind of.
kind of thing rather than like slick rock stuff out west yeah and they i was i mean i didn't have any problems as far as like feet on our on our hike you know mm-hmm. so yeah that one doesn't i didn't have any problems with all right uh number five skipping the shakedown hike I'm gonna be. I'm a little embarrassed to admit I don't know what that is. I. Uh, I'm assuming that it's a kind of like a practice run to mm. make sure everything's working. You got a good weight and balance yeah. and all that. Um, but that somebody correct idea. me on that. You know, write me right in and tell me that I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Like, like a like a sifting process. Like, go on a hike. Yeah. Lose a little weight here. Lose a little, just by doing something around here you know yeah so there would have been helpful that does kind of make sense so i also grabbed the top 10 list of uh, mistakes that new um new hikers make um and one of them was uh see not oh sorry this was this is off of the camping list um not planning and not practicing so it makes sense um all right so the top 10 list for this one comes from the adirondack hikers but I thought it was a good list, so I wanted to grab it. Uh, wearing brand new hiking boots or shoes. So mm. we just talked about that. Yeah, definitely take some time to break them in ahead of time. Um, finding out that they're a little too sloppy it would not be good when you're 20 miles into a hike. Um, trying to tackle too much. Again, that's a little <clears throat> a little repetitive for the other list that we had, but uh, it's very common. A lot of people think that they're able to do a lot more. Uh, I'm definitely guilty of that. Thinking, yeah, 10 miles is no big deal when you live in Florida and there's like 1% one grade change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going over speed bumps doesn't count. <laughs> um, exerting yourself too much early on. Yeah. Um, definitely can relate to that one too. Of course, I don't really have much endurance. Mr. Trail Runner over here, like blowing me out of the water. Yeah, I've been waiting for that to come up on these lists. Is like not being physically fit enough. Yeah. Or like, practice, like uh, getting stronger, getting more endurance. This one's interesting. Wearing denim. That's <laughs> a fail, or no? That's on that's on the top ten mistakes. Oh, mistakes. Adder- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Adderondi. that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I, I mean. I guess a lot of people do kind of wear jeans whenever they go hiking. Yeah, that's not good for friction yeah. at all. Um, I brought I brought jeans on our hike. I never wore them. I I mean I ended up just ditching pants altogether and just going shorts. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I quickly found out that that was extra weight and like something I would never wear anyways. Yeah. You know, because it was just um, yeah, it's just not conducive for the environment. Yeah. Uh, starting too late in the day. That's definitely a big mistake, uh, especially if you have a schedule that you're trying to like keep and certain points you're trying to get to every day. It kind of becomes this catch-up game like we talked about on our AT episode um, to where just kind of getting a later start can really throw off the day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if it, you know you run out of daylight, I mean, it you need to kind of be in an area you can pack out and, and sleep and not really be on the trail so definitely keep that in mind um not checking the weather forecast <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Oh man, just looking at the chant, the percentage doesn't really count. You need to check yeah. the radar for sure. Yeah. That was our mistake our first night, I think. Yeah. Um, not bringing enough water. Yes. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, forgetting to pack snacks. Um, I think that probably applies more to like a day hike. Yeah. For me, like I, I've always, even when I've taken the kids out and stuff, like I, I usually overdo it mm-hmm. with the snacks, and I know I definitely did overdo it with the food, you know, on the, the section hikes that I've done. Mm-hmm. But I can understand it. Um, skipping breakfast. Yeah. We uh, pretty much every time I've gone, there's only been like one day that I've actually taken the time to cook. A breakfast mm-hmm. most times it's you know like a protein bar or like a cliff bar or something with some kind of dried fruit and mm-hmm. I, I try to do like a quick breakfast but just start starting with nothing is not a good idea at all not, I mean yeah if you're if you're you especially if you're used to having something in the morning I do quite a bit of fasting and like exercising fasted mm-hmm. and I mean, I'll, I think on the trail, I ended up, like, having, like, a protein bar and, and like, some applesauce or something. Like, I didn't want to risk it, but, like, I go almost every day up until, like, noon or so without eating. Yeah. And even at work, like, even during busy times, I don't, if, if you got your mind set on something, like, I, I don't really notice it, even yeah. if it's, like, pretty strenuous. Yeah. But. I think it's definitely important like if you're if you're sweating a lot and Mm -hmm. losing a lot of electrolytes and and, like the salt and stuff yeah you definitely need to try to replenish that throughout Mm -hmm. the day um so having good like salty snacks like mixed nuts or yeah I I buy these uh little fruit organic fruit strips I think um pure something is the brand but um those are great because they're they're, they kind of hydrate me too mm-hmm. and so like the three times I ran out of water I would just <laughs> pop one of those in my mouth and it helped yeah. you know kind of help prolong the the amount of time till I needed to absolutely get some so I think good. we talked about that too like having some like like propel or something something with electrolytes in it that you could just add to water because yeah yeah even I mean one of the big things with fasting is like they say if you're drinking water and you're not eating like you're expending that those electrolytes faster so like a big thing with fasting is like you you have to make sure that you're getting your salts in especially if you're exercising because you can dehydrate yourself very quickly right so yeah that that was something i was thinking about bringing next time i do a, a, a hike like that was like some kind of electrolyte mix yeah for water all right, uh, <clears throat> and the last one for that list was spacing out. So taking your time um, or, like, knowing the distances that you're going to do throughout the, the trip, um, that's, a, that's a common mistake. Some people just, like, tackle heavy, heavy, heavy mm. sections. And one thing that's really great about um, these companion guides, uh, like the, the AT through hiker one I was telling, telling you all about, um is i didn't think about it at all the first time that i went just because i was ignorant to it but now that i've done several sections you really want to kind of map out your days based on the elevation and like you know the the downhill stuff too because if you're doing like a really 
long day, but it's lots of up and down, like that's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And so it may be worth it through some of those sections to do some shorter days and just kind of, um, you know, make up ground on more of the flat, excuse me, the more like flatter sections um, that don't have as many elevation changes or it's a gradual increase or decrease. Um, so one of those guides would be excellent for that um, to really kind of understand what sections of the trail have those high points and low points and, and um, what the terrain looks like. Because if you go in blind, like there's just no way of knowing and you can really end up hurting yourself if you if you try to push too much in one day. Um, all right, and so we've got one last list here. This is the top 10 uh, first-time camping mistakes. So uh, number one is picking the wrong tent. Tents vary in quality, features, and style, and ease of setup. So for everyday, like, weekend campers and people who are going out just with the family uh, or, you know, with their uh, with, on their own, um, typically it's checking out what Walmart specials you got or, you know, finding something at a Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop or outdoor store that's in your price range. Um, but, yeah, if you're going for, like any kind of backpacking trip or um, somewhere you're going to be breaking it down and setting it up a lot, definitely pay attention to like the style of tent poles and um, how quickly it sets up and the ease of use and everything. Um, And then two, the weight. Um, But if you're just doing like weekend stuff, the weights don't really matter. Car camping, I mean, you can pack as much weight as you want. But... um, so definitely a good uh, good point there. Uh, poor food preparation. That sounds uh, that sounds like a familiar one. <laughs> um, not paying attention to plants. So yeah, when I was growing up, I pretty much spent ages twelve to fourteen with poison ivy. Mm. Like every single time I'd go in the woods, I would get it, and it was just this perpetual cycle of. As soon as I got rid of it, I'd go back out and get it again, and it started again. So, um, haven't gotten it in a really long time, which is great. Maybe I've just become immune to it. But <laughs> definitely pay attention to the plants and uh, the stuff around you. Um, don't set your tent up in the middle of a poison ivy patch, <laughs> poison oak. Uh, all right. Um, counting on building a fire. So, yeah. Um, there are some places that you cannot have fires. Um, there's some places that it's very difficult to have fires. And then, like Ben mentioned in his his uh, story, he told us sometimes there's just no firewood. And so um, you got to plan for that ahead. Uh, if you're going to a park somewhere, make sure you talk to the rangers and find out what, what the availability is and if you got to bring your own wood and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's also very frowned upon to cut down live stuff anywhere you go. So um, keep that in mind, especially for those of us who are more uh, more aware of that uh, and more conscious of that. Um, I'm the more that I've kind of gotten exposed to this leave no trace movement and kind of the that t- that type of mentality. I got to be honest, like it's starting to bother me whenever I see people at like state parks and stuff etching their names in the trees mm-hmm. and all that like it 
used to not bother me at all, but like now I'm just like, man, I really wish they wouldn't do that. And so anyway, maybe I'm, maybe I'm becoming one of those people. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just, uh, I, I just want people to be able to enjoy everything that, that we all get to enjoy and not, not really ruin it for anybody else. So whacking down a bunch of trees and random plants and stuff for firewood is not going to make it very nice for the next person to come along. So off my soapbox. <laughs> All right. Um, not creating a list. So uh, that's kind of a simple one, but it's definitely um, a good one because there's so many different little things that go into a trip that uh, it's a pretty big deal if you forget something. So I went one time by myself and had, thought I had everything in my bag ended up not having my striker or matches and so it was I pretty much had to use my little uh, jet boil uh, pocket stove oh, yeah. to light my fire with <laughs> so luckily I had that option wow. but uh, that could have been a really bad night if I couldn't make a fire at all so yeah make a list uh, arriving too late we've talked about that one a little bit already bringing too much stuff definitely talked about that one ignoring wildlife so this one's interesting um i know we've kind of here we've heard some funny stories about like you know raccoons and squirrels and stuff like that but um it's definitely something you want to you want to pay attention to and the more camping that i'm planning on doing up in the mountains and maybe out west eventually like bigger animals come into play so bears and those types of things like that's no joke uh, you got to have a plan for that and prepare to make sure that you're not attracting them because it can get really dangerous really quick. Um, let's see here. Wearing the wrong clothes, for sure. And then not planning and not practicing. So that's kind of what I've been talking about with this whole, uh, this whole experience, you know, using the woods back here a lot um, to, to just kind of as a training ground. Um, to really learn some different tricks of the trade and get used to my gear and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I can't stress that one enough. It, there's, this is kind of a funny, funny show, like to talk about these different things that have gone wrong. Um, and some, most of these stories are pretty funny. They're simple, like nobody really got hurt or anything, but there's definitely plenty of camping fails that end up in people getting seriously hurt or killed. Um, you know, that can definitely change, um, change the course of your, your life. <laughs> so, um, I didn't want to, really want to take it down that route, but I mean, it's important to note that, um, there are some risks associated with this hobby and you definitely got to take those into consideration. So if you're a new hiker or a new camper and you're considering doing some really cool trips, um, you know, definitely take the time to do your research, talk to folks who have done it a lot before, try to educate yourself the best you can so you don't get out and get hurt or um you know get lost or anything like that because that happens all the time i mean we we met a girl on the appalachian trail who bit off more than she could chew and uh she was in kind of a panic trying to get off of the trail because she didn't have any cell phone service and stuff so definitely plan ahead so well what's the moral of the story brad moral of the story is kind of, I mean, you already kind of summed it up, is uh, pay attention, do your research, 
and don't carry too much weight. <laughs> I think it's good, especially on these uh, longer multi-day hikes, that's what it's going to really boil down to is yeah. doing your research, making sure you got the right equipment and the right amount of stuff, and just practice, 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 and try and cut down as much weight as possible. Buy a scale. Buy a scale. Yeah. I had one. I just didn't use it. <laughs> but if you don't have one, get one. So um, that's it for this episode. If uh, if you guys have any other stories that you want to share, be, you know, send them on in. And uh, I'm probably going to try to make this uh, a regular thing, uh, maybe include it in some of the mini casts um, and not take up a full episode. Unless I get a bunch of really good stuff, maybe we'll revisit it again. But thank you to everybody who sent in some stuff and, um, and had some stuff to share. Um, hope you enjoyed hearing it read on the, on the show and shared. Um, and I really, I'm glad that I actually got some feedback from folks. Um, it's always good to hear from people who are watching the show and following the show. And um, I really look forward to getting more of that uh, included as well to build more of the Trail Connection community. So, um, again, another quick, quick reminder, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube page um, because we're starting to put out more regular content. Um, we'll be putting out some smaller episodes in between the full episodes um, that are going to be more focused on gear reviews and trail previews and um, tools, uh, like useful tools, things like that. So um, be sure to head over there and do that. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure you hit that button too and get all the fresh content that comes out as it, as it does. So thanks again, Brad, for joining me this no week. And until next time, this is The Trail Connection. Mm-hmm.